Hello and welcome to Top Landing Gear and to our final podcast from our trip to Lincolnshire, Bomber County. And with 2021 marking the 85th anniversary of the founding of Bomber Command, we're going to end the series where we began, with the Avro Lancaster celebrating its 80th anniversary, and specifically PA-474, which flies with the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight. We visited the BBMF at RAF Collingsby last October, where our rather splendid host was Bomber Leader Flight Lieutenant Neil Farrell, or Faz, who just happens to be an old mate of our aviation expert James Cartner. Uh, more on all of that a little bit later, when we'll also play a clip of our chat with Faz. Now, as always, you'll be able to hear the full version of our visit to the BBMF in our Full Flaps edition, which drops a week after this episode goes to air. So, depending on when you're listening to this, it may well be there, waiting for you to listen to right now. Well, after you've listened to this first, obviously. Now then, this week we've gone very rock and roll, because we're recording this episode backstage at G Live, Guildford's <laughs> premier live venue. <laughs> <We're>, because, <laughs> no sponsorship has taken place. <laughs> because appearing here tonight on their current UK tour are Scouting for Girls, led Ooh. by our very own Roy Stride. In just over an hour's time, he'll be walking out onto stage in front of literally dozens of people, <laughs> most of which will be made up of uh, the rest of the Top Landing Gear team. That's me, Rob Curling, my brother, Jez Curling, and our aviation expert, James Carter. So it's TLG with SFG at G Live. That's three Gs. <laughs> Roy, how exciting to be backstage with you before you go on. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. You worried me that we're on an hour. This is going to have to be a very short <laughs> well, episode. It's, it's, yeah. Well, I think the gig starts in an hour right, with your okay. support. Band, yeah. Yeah, it? Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you may start hearing a uh, a, a support act coming yeah. through at some point. So but you're mid tour. How's it been going? It's been good. It's been good. Uh, it's been long, and there are still a few tickets left for the northern <laughs> leg of the tour. If anybody wants to come, we're co- we're Depending going. Depending on to- when you're listening to this. Well, are you doing Lincolnshire? We've already done Boston, right? Which was at the Glider Drone, which was sold out. Oh, and not, then we're, not we're, New York. Sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> and then we're going to Lincoln, the engine shed there, and I think there's about fifty tickets left. But oh. we have a huge guest list from all the people who appeared on the like all the guys yeah. from the gliding yeah, are coming. Oh, yeah, the lights are coming. I, I invited, I think, pretty much everybody from the Typhoon Squadron. <laughs> so it, it should be oh, it should please. be a good one. But uh, aviation wise, I did. I spent the first couple of weeks editing all those amazing interviews you did at Ball. Yeah, mm. thanks for that. Which we missed you. Good. Yeah, and annoying. you missed us yeah. even more. I, I think I was gutted. It was a great few days. Yeah. yeah. No, I was gutted, but it was actually quite nice to edit them, having not heard the conversation before. <laughs> Usually you're editing a conversation you've already heard. And, uh, and they've gone out, and so we've hit 75,000 downloads yeah, from really? Top Landing Gear. Yeah, right. And the other thing, I was going to give this a mention, when I was in Southampton, I went to Solent Sky, yeah. which used to be the RJ Mitchell Memorial Museum, mm. or the Southampton Hall of Aviation. I sent you guys loads of photos. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Amazing little gem of a yeah. museum. Yeah. That's crammed full of stuff as it's, well. It's one, I mean, it's not even a hangar, it's one hall. Yeah. It's obviously uh, a big, uh, a big shout out to Supermarine, who, yeah. you know, which was originally tested there. They've got an S6, a Swift, a couple of Spitfires, <laughs> they've got the Civix and a Vampire. They've got this enormous. Uh, oh, Sunderland Flying Boat? Yeah, it was a Saunders Row SR1 oh. and a whole exhibition on the romance of aviation. Oh, so wow. It was, 
it was, I think, 1930s, you could get to yeah. Australia in just 10 days <laughs> instead of the six weeks. And you can walk all the way through mm. uh, through the aircraft. You can sit in the seats to really fill oh, the We should do a pod there. there. Now no, no, you can get to, to Australia there. in three days, but quarantine for four weeks. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's about the same. <laughs> they were probably better off back then. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I, that, that, was my, uh, that was my aviation thing, which I did on... The tour, and I love yeah. it. So I think we should definitely go back. Go and yeah. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great. Yeah. Have you been microlighting at all? No, nothing. I haven't done any flying. Uh, I'm, you know, I've, the, the weather has been ridiculous this week as well. Mm. Like clear yeah. blue skies. Mm. I've had a couple yeah. of days off, and I've gone back to Sussex, and I'm just, yeah. <laughs> just like messaging my instructor, oh. going, "Oh my god, I wish we could go." <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, that's that's all to come. So uh, I'm going yeah. flying tomorrow. Are you? Hopefully, up at White Waltham. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been invited there for a lunch. Nice, um, but um, preceded by a flight if the weather's. You know, in what? Uh, just a PA28 Cherokee. There's or, no uh, just a. No, no, that lovely. Yeah, so that should be fantastic. No, and James, I, I, you've been doing a lot of long haul. Well, you? it's it's starting to pick up. Is there are positive signs on the horizon? Um, the big thing, obviously, is America is opening its doors to. Brits and Europeans from the 8th of November so you can travel there without quarantine um, which is going to be good news mm. um, especially think, for the Cartner household <laughs> especially for the Cartner household kids we'll get presents yes they will <laughs> a present we're not going to push it really um, no, they'll get a Reese's Pieces each this year so lucky, lucky. Not, not one to share no but um, the, the, the big issue is whether the airlines are, are, are ready for it Oh. Um, because you see some things happening at airports, and you go, well, this is what we're operating like at 50%. I really hope it's going to work when it all goes back to 100%, because there are obviously people have been stood down. Yes. And you yeah. just, you know, it's going to take a... I, I think there might be a bit of a, a catch-up to play. Yeah. But it's going to be great. I mean, it's already... I, I've done four long-haul trips this month yeah, well, in, the, Christ, in October, which yeah. is back to normal normal. Yeah. And you've sent us a lot of pictures of you sitting in first-class cabin. I had to position <laughs> out on one of them, and I got a first-class flight out. It's so nice. And also that stunning sunrise set, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was an incredible picture. Yeah, yeah. that was um, so flying. That was flying eastbound towards Singapore, I think. So sunrise. And we were... Sunrise. sunrise and we were right over Dubai just as the sun came up and I just got a couple of pictures which Beautiful. Um, just thought wow and yeah. there was no filter or anything on that it was um, I'll put them yeah. up I'll put them on the social yeah, yeah. Them on the social media but yeah I'll put yeah. them up and BA are just reintroducing the A380 now I believe they are and I've noticed today as we record this on November the 3rd that Lufthansa are not going to reintroduce their A380s, and I think they're going to ditch them all. Yeah. I think they're still flying the 747 as a they passenger. Are, they've got the 747-800s. So, they, so they've got right. the newer uh, 747s, yeah. uh, which they've been using a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah. So when, when Germany opened up to Europe, a lot, obviously a lot quicker than we did, and they, had, they were flying 747s from Germany to Ibiza and to oh, um, really? the, the Balearics oh, wow. um, because there was so much demand. Goodness. When, when their their lockdown first first lifted, yeah. so they've been yeah the busy but yeah I mean the, this is the the ongoing issue with the three eighty you know is it a bit of a white elephant it, yeah. it has it has a, it has a place obviously yeah. and it's a fantastic bit of engineering and a wonderful aircraft to fly yeah. but where you use it is is always going to be difficult to fill you've got to guarantee filling at least seventy five percent of it to make any money yeah. and you've got to have an airport big enough to take it and it's a Blooming big aircraft. Yes. What routes yeah. are BA flying it on? Uh, from what I know from my BA friends, um, <laughs> they're looking to do... Initially, they're doing the crew training on uh, to Spain. 
Uh, and then they're going to be using it on, I think Miami is one of the first ones, because that's quite a high-volume route. Then back to the West Coast, back to L.A., uh, and Singapore when that opens up fully. So that those will be the first sort of big volume places. And when's Australia going to come back online? I think it's up to Australians. I understand it's it's easier, yeah. but I think that... Um, They're just trying to win the Ashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to win the Ashes. They're going to win the T20. Josh Butler's going to win that. I understand. I had a friend who flew out to... He was, He's got a family in, in Australia, and he flew out there this week, um, and he doesn't have to quarantine. Oh. So they're just starting to open up now. Yeah. But that you, you, I'm not entirely sure that all the full full qualifi- um, qualifications in order to not have quarantine. But it's not fully open yet. But I, th- I think March next year, most airlines are looking at starting to, to move things into um, okay. into Australia again. Yeah, there's a big argument going on at the moment about the Australian Open tennis in January. Yeah. Because it looked initially like they were just going to let all the players come in, whether or not they wanted to be vaccinated. People like Novak Djokovic not up for the <clears> vaccine, <throat> yeah. which means you know a lot of big players, him included, then wouldn't be able to play. Yeah. So they kind of said, okay, this is okay, you can come in. But that, that's created a real outcry now. Really? So I'm because not they've been sure. so strict. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's one rule for one, yeah. one rule for the rest. Yeah. So yeah, there's a bit of sorting out to be done there. How's the world of fencing been for you? Well, I feel a bit inadequate, as usual, no, yep, compared yep. with you guys. Uh, I'm not going flying. I'm not in a band. Uh, and I'm not being... T- you have been banned. Though, <laughs> that has happened. Sometimes, but that's for a different podcast altogether. Uh, yeah, I've been fencing. I've been, I've been a digger today. It's been quite fun. Good. Uh, pinch your finger. That hurt. Bad luck. Uh, and that's about as exciting as it's been. Thrilling. Yeah. Just so well it, it's just the usual same old stuff. Working know. on your quick facts. Working well, I've had a lot of time to work on my quick facts, so therefore, they're not free. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we look forward to those yeah. to uh, enduring, uh, enjoying those. <laughs> so, of course, we have all our usual features coming up, including a clip of our interview with Faz, bomber leader at the BBMF. We'll have Jez's quick or not so quick facts. All about what is this all going to be about, actually? Well, I mean, I thought we were doing one subject, then it turned into two others. So, mm. this is a, a three pronged uh, quick facts trident. So BBMF, yes. BBMF, That's an airplane. a little bit of Lang, because we've done that before, yeah. Yeah. and um, Bomber Command. Nice. Oh, nice. No, that fits in nicely. Yeah, it's difficult to get that into 10 paragraphs, so I have Bomber it. Command, yeah. if you are a uh, member of Audible, I'm not sure if we can, we can we mention what we like. There we are. Yeah, it's done. If you are a mention of that, Max Hastings' yes. home on Bomber Command uh, is available yes. for free. If oh, you are already free, a member, it? it's completely free of charge. I've got the book. I yeah. haven't quite brought myself to read. Are you still reading Harriet 809? You've got through that yet? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, no, I haven't. Yes, I haven't finished it. Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank so, you. Well, I've just yeah. worked out how to use Audible, so I'll, okay. I'll get that down. Right. Thank you. Um, and, of course, we'll finish the show with um, the Top Landing Gear quiz. We've yeah. missed the quiz. Yeah. We haven't done a quiz for a while. No. No, well, it's going to be <laughs> really good. Royal but there is a, I, we'll have to can this. I have, a, I have a reverse quiz as well. Oh, of course. Oh, no. Do you? What does that mean? I've, it's a quiz that I've got. <laughs> One question well, on each of your specialist subjects. Okay. Do we have a specialist subject? Well, an aviation specialist subject, you do. You'll find that. Oh, okay. It's all to do with you. When, when, is, when is that coming in? Oh, just before your quiz, so it doesn't oh. take it away from the, the, the final climax. <laughs> Brilliant. So, look, um, we'll start with your little bit, James, the Ask James segment. Your chance and ours to ask our resident pilot and aviation expert, James Gartner, anything about the world 
of aviation. Yeah. And I think, Roy, we've had a few. Have we, we had one, we have one, one mail has we, we've got flooded in? We, got, we have a few. <laughs> now, obviously, this is the end of Series 3. And so we are getting together some ideas for Series 4, which will come out at the... Well, we're going to start recording that next year. So any ideas, any feedback, we'd love to hear whatever you think you can there's a form on the website which it you is. can fill in which is very simple or you can just email us mm. or you know just text us direct on the instagram because we would love to hear what you enjoy about it and any ideas for for what's going to happen in series Basically, four we've run out of ideas we have lots of ideas That's the problem. someone some we had a complaint that we were doing too much red arrows mm. so, yes. I, so i'd just like to hear what other people would like to do we yeah. have lots of ideas but yeah. uh, and obviously if you're around to it offer us an amazing aviation experience mm. we're up for that as well <laughs> yes, yeah. we will then definitely feature <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We, we've been offered a few and we haven't yes. been able to take no uh, we've got some amazing ones going yeah. Out yeah. next year so anyway let's go straight to the question okay. this is from caroline Jemmel. Uh, really enjoy the podcast love the format and it's joyful to hear you all laughing and no snidey sneering like cough another flying podcast oh i didn't oh, actually really? mean to read no, that we but, no, well I didn't actually mean to read that. Probably have to edit that out. Probably won't edit that. Out. Anyway, this <laughs> didn't say which one it was. Yeah, oh, no. Which one is it? I didn't, I didn't actually. Anyway, I have a few questions about ejecting. Hmm? One, is it true that someone can only eject twice? Oh. And two, what are the effects on the body? Is it normal to black out with the acceleration, for example? And three, is it the ejection or the landing that is more pun- is the more punishing force? I sat next to a man from Martin Baker at a Mike Ling talk a couple of years ago, but didn't want to appear idiotic asking dumb questions. There's no oh, such thing as a dumb question. No. And those are very good questions. That's, that's, really good questions. Yeah. that's what we're here. Have, have you questions. ever ejected? I haven't, no. So, no. Um, you look like you might have. <laughs> <laughs> you do get spinal compression, <laughs> and probably more than twice. <laughs> So I haven't found a booster powerful enough to get you out of an aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> five rocket wouldn't get you out. <laughs> Have we all finished? Yeah, Is that okay. enough? No, yeah. guffawing. Yeah, it's too much guffawing. Yeah, we okay. don't do guffawing. Yeah. So, um, so uh, during training, we do a uh, we go on an injection rig. Not in, in the, the helicopter, presumably. No, the RAF. Is, but but it's before. So when I was on the fixed wing bit of RAF stuff, yeah. you go on an injection rig which had a a live ejection seat, but it's got one third of the charge and it goes up a rail. So it doesn't just kick you out. Right. And yes, I went so as high like... as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so it's There's like a, a little bell at the top <laughs> of the engine. <laughs> it's just like, it looks exactly... It's almost like a reverse roller coaster. Yeah, just... it's, it's an up. Yeah. And so you sit and you yeah. race back, pull the handle and then you're at the top of the um, top of this tower. Uh, it's about 100 feet up. Yeah. So it's quite a, it's yeah. interesting, but it, it, it's only a third of the of the ejection charge because yeah. they don't want to put your spine under under the compression. Um, so those that I've spoken to who have ejected, um, there's no limit on injections, but after each one you are checked, right? And normally after two, I did. I did. One of my sim instructors on the Hawk was this chap, and he had I think an injection something like five times. Gosh, and I remember he, one of the one of the. Um, uh, exercises you did you got these emergencies and you had to deal with the emergencies in the hawk and then you said okay what's going to happen now and then all of a sudden we had an engine fair the whole thing's on fire I said well I'll inject okay well go on then <laughs> so you in the in the yeah. simulator you pull the handle nothing's happened I said what he goes <laughs> the seat hasn't worked well that's not, not going to happen well it did to me <laughs> <laughs> So what did you do? So then there's a, another thing called a manual separation handle, which, which 
deploys a drogue, and this is what he did. Right. Um, and he pulled this. The drogue punched its way out through the canopy and then pulled the seat out with him. Jeez. What's a drogue? So, <clears throat> on a parachute, you have yep. the main parachute, yep. but the thing that deploys the parachute is a tiny little parachute. Right. So, it, it sort of it, it means that, that that's the thing that right, the okay. force from that pulls the rest yep. of the parachute out. So that, that's what you have a manual separation thing. If that doesn't, wow. if, if you're if you're on the seat and it hasn't gone off, and one of his five there, and one of his five ejections didn't wow. work. Wow. So um, this is what he did, and he got out. That's, so wow. um, no, there's no limits, but so you are checked every time, and uh, it, it can res- res- result in some sort of spinal injuries. And, and some people, after one, never fly again. Really? Some people have obviously done a few. And is just it, confirm there are no ejector seats in helicopters. Well, you say that, <laughs> but the, the Russians did that. The Russians made a helicopter. You yeah. know, you can't do sideways because your body doesn't work that way. They, um, they fire the rotors off. Yeah, so it had explosive bolts in yeah. the rotor head. I think the Hokum it was, which is an attack, yeah. a, a Russian attack helicopter. So if it was shot down and was heading, you could pull the handle. The explosive bolts went off, fired the rotor blades away, and then you went up through the canopy. That's, that is... But... You have works. to disable that at air shows, I think, <laughs> because you don't want oh, yes. blades yeah. <laughs> at sort of 700 miles an hour oh, flying through the air. Yeah. And if the there's, there's a lot to go wrong there. Yeah. In, I mean, you often you know you, you do hear occasionally of of a seat firing when it shouldn't have done, oh, which always has bad bad well, yeah. bad juju. Well, but, um, red arrows but if, on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But if. Um, <clears throat> If that happened in the air, obviously yeah. that's yeah. Oh, of course unthinkable. Yeah. And the question about where where is the greatest impact? Well, she, she said one about are you unconscious. Everyone I've spoken to who's injected basically said they pulled the handle and woke up on a parachute. Wow! So, so you do black out. I think much. it's about twenty three G. <laughs> is the instant instant? Now yeah. they've tried to reduce that. So rocket seats generally try and reduce that. So the initial you get a little bang which takes you out of the. Um, of the cockpit, yeah. then the rockets kick in and take you away from the aircraft or right. away from the ground if, you, if you're low down. Um, but even that, but the older seats, it was all in the bang out of the out wow. of the um, the cockpit. Sheesh. But it, it's about, I think on average, about 23, 24 G. Sheesh. So the, your blood just goes, leaves your head straight away as soon as you pull the handle. Good God. Uh, and you're out momentarily. So everybody that I've said, they said, I pulled the handle and woke up. No one remembers the ejection. Really? <laughs> and what happens to the canopy? Because I know you have these little zigzag explosives. Yeah, um, so that's called explosives MDC, Miniature Detonating Cord. Right. And they... they there's a, well, that's what they're for? The, yeah. The, oh, wow, OK. I thought they were a thing for them to form up with. Yes. Yeah. They were all yeah. oh, markers. <laughs> careful, we're beginning to look a little bit silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, beginning so, to. <laughs> so that, that's, that's called MDC, Miniature yeah. Detonating oh. Cord, and it's um, um, engineering behind an ejection seat is phenomenal. You pull the handle, it, first thing it does is it blows that. I remember on the Takana, there was just one down the middle, so it made a clamshell. Oh. It was very wide. The clamshell would open and then close when you were halfway through. <laughs> but it, it, so it blows the canopy. Then the seat gets released from the normal thing that's holding it there. Then the um, the initial bang fires, gets you out of the of the um, cockpit. And you'll see normally if you've seen a, a, a seat that's been fired, it's got two great big rods sticking yeah. out the back of the seat yeah. where the yeah. seat used to be. That's the, that's where the initial bang that takes you out. Then the rocket pack underneath the seat then fires uh. to take you away from the ground or the aircraft, and then. The canopy, the drogue deploys. It then works out if you're above 10,000 feet or below 10,000 feet because that's when you need oxygen above 10,000 feet. If it's above 10,000 feet, you stay in the seat with oh. just this tiny little parachute yeah. um, until you're below 10,000 feet. Then the seat separates, which has got your, your emergency oxygen on it. 
Um, automatically. So the seat yeah. automatically separates and the main parachute deploys. Um, so it, it, it's an right. incredible bit of yeah. engineering. So that, that seat potentially could cause an awful lot of damage, depending yeah, on where exactly. it comes down. Yeah. And so it's a big old seat, but yeah. that comes down normally on its own parachute as well, so that it, oh, is, okay. it is arrested somewhere. It's it such a famous story, I've now forgotten it. Was, yeah. was the, you told me this story many years ago. The guy who took his brother up. Oh, in a, in a jet provost. Jet provost, that's absolutely it. Well, you right. Tell the story yeah, from North Weald. He um, it just Tom, his name was. I can't remember his surname. He bought a, a lovely XRF jet provost. We were just about to do an interview with him before he went up, but time was a bit tight, so we agreed we'd do the interview when he came back. Which is a shame because he took off, and they, he took his brother off for this flight over the Essex countryside. And then we heard over the RT that was a bit of a kerfuffle, and he came. Uh, another aircraft went up to to help him guide him home, and he landed, and there was only one person in the aeroplane, the pilot, and the cockpit canopy was shattered. Mm-hmm. And he, when he was flying with his brother, he said, "Okay, let's do some aerobatics." Went into a roll, and his brother, in the, in his ejector seat, slid straight off. It hadn't been bolted back on. Mm. Um, just slid straight through the cockpit canopy. He'd, he'd mentioned how to operate the parachute if they had to eject, what to do. And amazingly, his brother, as he's falling through the sky upside down, had the foresight to release his seat, pull the parachute. Mm-hmm. He landed safely. The, the seat landed on a farmhouse roof, but no one was injured. The, his brother, wow. Tom, the pilot, never knew this. When he landed back at North Wheel, he dead, didn't yeah. know. He thought his brother was dead. He was in a shocking state. Wow. I, I have to confess, we carried on filming, but that's... That's the BBC for you. Um, <laughs> uh, but we never used it. Yeah. And um, then uh, after a couple of hours, a phone call comes through from a hospital. that He's in hospital. He's sitting up. He's fine. He's well. I mean, it was wow, an absolute wow. miracle. Mm, wow. Amazing Sorry. that he, he had presence of mind yeah. what to do as you're yeah. falling through the air when you're not expecting to be yeah. there. Upside Incredible. down. Incredible. Upside, Upside down. down. Yeah. And so there are all these recipients of members of the Caterpillar Club oh, yes. who are people whose lives have been saved by an ejection seat or a parachute. Yeah. I wonder if he counts. I wonder if he qualifies for that. Yeah, of course he does. Well, I think the ejection seat nearly killed him. And then those, the, the injury side of things um, is, it depends how well you do the landing. Um, but uh, people are injured. You often do get compression um, yeah. in, injuries in, in the initial ejection. Yeah. The landing is, is down to you, and a lot of it depends on where you come down. Come, come down. I mean, my friend of mine har- ejected out of a Harrier at South End. After a little incident there, I remember that. Yeah, and he ejected fine, but then landed in the wreckage and <sighs> broke his arm. I think right landing on a piece yeah. of Harrier. Yeah, um, and I, I know of people that was who've very, landed. That was very low level, wasn't it? That was yeah. He was yeah. about hundred feet in the hover. Yeah, and um, ejected there. And I do know of a girl who ejected from a Harrier who landed in a bur- in the burning <sighs> debris. Um, who she was a cadet, I think, on a. Managed to get a backseat ride in the Harrier. Had to eject, landed in the. But I think she was she was she was obviously burnt when I when I saw her. But she joined the RAF as a pilot, I think, and and did quite well. Goodness me! Amazing! What a great question! Great question! Great answer, Jim. Yeah, great answer. One of the best questions. Mm. Yeah. So please keep those questions, and I think that's testament to the fact that there is never a dumb question. No. Or if there are. We like them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we will ask them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we don't. We, we will. We yeah. just have. Yeah. Um, this one came in um, uh, angry of Guildford. Could James please ask Roy what's happened to the roar of the Merlin at the start of the theme tune to the Top Landing Gear podcast? Recently, it's just been a rather mournful cello. Okay. Disappointing. <laughs> There's Arlant. That's I'll... Rob from Guildford. 
what, what happened is... He's a curmudgeonly uh, old bugger. <laughs> yeah, it really is. is. I uh, have been lately editing them on my laptop and I don't have the original music. <laughs> so until I get back home and get to the studio, right. I'm afraid it's just the, the short version. Okay. But I will, I'll get that back in. Not, not for yeah. this one, though, otherwise it makes that question redundant. Okay. And right, it makes I that curmudgeonly idiot look an idiot. Okay, I'm yeah. definitely going to get back to the studio and get it. <laughs> this is Top Landing Gear. Good. Any more questions for James, or are we done on that? No, I think that's no. it. Let's yeah. move on because Good otherwise stuff. we're going to be yeah, hearing Ben McKelvey, who's our support actor. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Um, please, as Roy's been saying, do send in your questions for James. We'll give you the contact details later, so you'll have to wait until the bitter end for that, or just fast forward, <laughs> or do what most of our listeners do and don't bother. <laughs> right. Shall we then get on with our final topic or topics for this final podcast of season three and find out what Jez has come up with? With this week's Jez's Quick Facts. <laughs> there we go. All right, well, uh, this was three subjects rolled into one. <laughs> yeah. So you can edit as much of this out as you okay. like. And if you're listening, you don't even have to bother listening. So here we go. Great Quick Facts, yes. Thanks this for that. Now. is <laughs> to do with Bomber Commander Lancaster and the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight. So um, I've put it into parts. Here's part one. Right. provided a deterrent to aggression as bombing would result in complete and inescapable destruction on both sides. Didn't prove to be the case. Over the course of the Second World War, it developed from a limited and relatively ineffective force into a weapon of immense destructive power. It received a major slice of Britain's economic and technological resources. In 1939, RAF Bomber Command had 23 operational bomber squadrons with 280 aircraft. Early raids against warships and airfields were conducted in daylight, but bomber aircraft were easy targets for enemy fighters and losses were heavy. The bombers also flew over Germany at night, but dropped only propaganda leaflets. In 1940, after Hitler's invasion of France, the RAF began a nighttime bombing campaign against German industry, especially uh, synthetic oil production. By 1941, Bomber Command had grown in strength, but navigation over blacked-out Europe was a major problem, and raids were notoriously inaccurate. 1942 saw Bomber Command receive a new aircraft, the Avro Lancaster, and a new leader, Air Chief Marshal Sir Arthur Harris, Bomber Harris. Accepting that precision bombing was proving impossible, the War Cabinet sanctioned area bombing, the targeting of whole cities to destroy both factories and their workers. Harris believed it could win the war and gain much public support when he sent 1,000 bombers against Cologne. In 1945, the bomber offensive reached the peak of its destruction. The RAF alone now had 108 squadrons with over 1,500 aircraft. Raids against oil and communications proved the most effective. Starved of fuel, the German military, uh, the German machine ground to a halt. Industrial cities were pounded to rubble. During the Second World War, Bomber Command flew 364,514 sorties. They dropped 1,030,500 tonnes of ordnance and lost 8,325 aircraft. 
55,573 aircrew were killed. 23 members of the of Bomber Command won the Victoria Cross, and in 2006 a memorial was placed in Lincoln Cathedral to recognise this. Some of Bomber Command's most famous operations include the Battle of Britain, Operation Chastise, of course the Dam Busters, Operation, Operation Taxable in support of D-Day, the sinking of the Tirpitz, the Augsburg Ray, which is Operation Margin, Operation Mana, uh, the world's first airborne humanitarian mission, and Operation Exodus, the repatriation of over 70,000 prisoners of war. Bomber Command flew some of the most iconic and well-recognised aircraft in the world. I'm not going to apologise for listing them. You can edit this out if you want. <laughs> the Battle, Blenheim, Hampton, Wellesley, Wellington, Whitley, Manchester, Stirling, Halifax, Lancaster, Mosquito, Lincoln, Washington, Canberra, and of course the V-Force of Valiant, Victor and Vulcan. Mm. Perhaps the two most well-known of this list could be considered to be the Lancaster and Vulcan, designed by the same man, Roy Chadwick, and built by A.V. Rowe. And amazingly, there were only 11 years between their first flights. In April 1968, Bomber Command and Fighter Command were merged together to form a new organisation called Strike Command. And Bomber Command, as we know it, ceased to exist. And here's part two. The members of Bomber Command now have their own memorial in Lincoln, the International Bomber Command Centre. The IBCC acknowledges the effort, sacrifices and commitment of the men and women from 62 different nations who came together in Bomber Command during World War II. The project also covers the stories of those who suffered as a result of the bombing campaigns and those whose survival was guaranteed by the humanitarian operations of Bomber Command. Bomber County also plays home to the Battle of Britain memorial flight at RAF Coningsby. Inaugurated on the 11th of July 1957, RAF Biggin Hill in Kent as the RAF Historic Aircraft Flight. The flight initially consisted of three PR Mark 19 Spitfires and the RAF's last airworthy hurricane LF-363. The flight was soon renamed the Battle of Britain Flight and then in 1969, to reflect its wider commemorative role, it became the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight, with the BBMF as we know it. Between 1959 and 1965, the flight had only one Spitfire and one Hurricane on its strength. It now maintains 12 historic and irreplaceable aircraft in airworthy condition, an Avro Lancaster, a C-47 Dakota, six Spitfires, two Hurricanes and two de Havilland Chipmunk training aircraft. The BBMF is a regular RAF unit manned by service personnel and funded by the Ministry of Defence and they do an amazing job. As have you just yeah, done. Yeah. Just, that was superb. I mean, that yeah. really was fascinating. There's yeah. one thing that really stuck out in that. When you're talking about Bomber Command and their famous operations, you mentioned the Battle of Britain. People go, mm, mm. But they played a huge yeah, role in the Battle yeah. of Britain. It wouldn't, there would have com- been no Battle of Britain. No, no it goes completely bomb, unheralded. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. strange, isn't it? They, they were bombing barges and things. And, yeah, I think, in fact, yeah. Guy Gibson yes. was, uh, I, think on, I think, on Hamptons at that point. Oh, you're yeah. right, I think, yeah. 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 Which he refers to in his amazing book. Yeah. There's, just, just doing research on that, because that was quite a lot to... That was very brief. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. There is mm-hmm. so much stuff yeah. that obviously we don't know, but, you know, you, there, are, there are some brilliant resources out there for people if you want to go and look yeah. stuff up. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely brilliant. And just Google mm-hmm. any of those... Um, sort of subjects and there's a plethora of stuff out there brilliant did you do all of that sitting in your digger <laughs> no. no I thought about this in my digger uh, but my internet connection is not too good there so brilliant Jess absolutely superb thank you so shall we get on then with our um, and hear from our special guest yep Faz yep 
Brilliant. Do you know what clip we're using? I don't know what clip we're going to use, no. so I will choose that once I edit it together. Fabulous. But I think, I just want to say, if you are in Lincoln, go and visit the BBMF, you know, because it was, it, it, you know, you get an incredible day out, don't you? And can there you, are so many aspects, because you can go, yeah. obviously, into the hangar like we did, and or you can go and just stand on the fence and watch aircraft starting up and yeah. moving. Watch the typhoons. Watch typhoons and... Uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating experience. Yeah. Day out of Coningsby. But yeah. Faz was our was our kind of host for the day. Yeah. So let's hear a bit of our trip to BBMF at Coningsby uh, with Neil Farrell. So as a as a pilot compared to other aircraft, other particularly multi engine aircraft, what is she like to fly? The Lancaster. It's horrible to taxi. Mm-hmm. Once it's in the air, it's a dream. It's perfectly balanced. It's yeah. got bags of power. Uh, it's nice and smooth. It's very stable. Yeah. So flying it, it is, is, is lovely. It really is nice. And it's nice having a four-man flight deck, which is something I'm used to on Sentry. Yeah. I love the position of flight engineer. It's, yeah. it's a, a dying trade, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. it's nice that this is the only other aircraft we've got with, with that uh, crew member on board. Right. And um, to go to war, in, can, can you imagine what that would have been compared to going to war in a modern... Frightening. I yeah. think frightening, and I think we um, we talk about that every time we get in it. So if you think of um, eight or nine hour sorties, you know it's it's not the most comfortable. The captain's chair is quite nice, but all the other crew positions aren't particularly yeah. palatial. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're at night probably. Yeah. This is probably um, another nine hour mission on the back of the one you did two days before. <laughs> so fatigue is setting in, and what I think would be frightening is if you are on fire in a spin with all your parachute gear on. Uh, your your um, sheepskin leathers yeah. keeping you warm. I don't know whether you've been in the back of our Lancaster, but there's no room. Yeah. It's built around a bomb bay, and inside mm-hmm. it's just functional space to get to the cockpit. It is not big, so trying to jump out of that whilst you're evading fighters and/or on fire or in a spin must have been horrible. Yeah. That, that main spar is. Yes, I've been lucky enough to actually walk inside this beautiful aeroplane, and yes, you get to the main wing spar. I mean, just walking through it like this. It's, it's, obstacle, it's, an obstacle course. it's very, very difficult. Yeah. I mean, the main spar is one of the obstacles to get to the flight deck. There's loads of other bits of clutter yeah. in the way. I mean, if you went into that back door now, which is the main way we go in, in about 10 feet or so, you can see the Bombay doors open now. First of all, there's a big step up over that because the whole aircraft, if you think about it, was built around the Bombay. Mm-hmm. That's what it was there for, to mm-hmm. deliver the payload. So, and then, yes, as you get further and further out, there's other bulkheads and main spars and um, where the radio operator would sit, that's a big chunk of uh, real estate that you've got to navigate around and finally you make it to the cockpit and that isn't as far as it goes either because the bomb aim has got to get under the co-pilot seat into the nose so it's all ergonomically not particularly pleasant would the bomb aimer also be the front gunner would it's it's the the job doubles up Uh, i think there's seven members of the crew and i think you could double up at the front as well Yeah. yeah yeah and a radio operator do you still carry a radio the way, or no, no we don't no. we have a minimum of four man flight deck all those 10 seating positions in the airplane we have a minimum of four crew two pilots a navigator and a flight engineer and the way we run the crew how we work together is the navigator does all the radios oh, okay all right and navigation nowadays do you, have you updated or do you still are you still using uh, clocks and, and compasses and we we still go flying with a, a paper map yeah i think um I can't imagine anything more frightening than the iPad calling it a day as you're approaching the palace <laughs> yeah. and you're trying to hit time on target to the second for, the, for Her Majesty and everything failing. So we, st- we still have the traditional methods. Yeah. But yes, we employ modern 
methods to help with the planning phase. And is and there execution. any modern stuff hardwired into the aircraft, or is it is it just you use the add-ons? We've kept all of them as authentic as we can. Yeah. But there are plug-in points for things like uh, GPS in the Dakota. Yeah. Uh, I think there's one in the back for the for the for the Lancaster as well. But the cockpit fascia and all the old original dials and knobs and stuff is all there as it was. Okay. Uh, a lot of it is pretty much handheld that we take on. Yeah. So Faz, you said that flying this aircraft is a terrifying responsibility. Mm. So this may sound like a strange question, but what is the best part of this job? Is it the flying, the anticipation of the flying, the displays, <laughs> or anything else? That it's a few things. Yeah. I think when you, and this started for me on the Dakota, so when you finish your day out, I mean, we don't do just displays. We do fly pass as well. Uh, and that can be a village fate, it can be an old people's home, it can be, it can be anything. Oh, good. Uh, could you do both? <laughs> for me, quite soon. You've got a few days till the end of November. Get a, re get a requesting <laughs> yeah. for next year and we'll see what we can do. Um, but we land and we always phone up for, for a debrief to say any problems. You know, was it too noisy? Did we frighten anyone? Are there any complaints? And it's always elation from these people and they're over the moon that you've bothered to come. Bothered to come. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, it's yeah. no bother. <laughs> you know? So there's that element of it. When we land, there's always a gathering at the fence there to say hello. It's amazing who tracks you on radar and knows what you're doing, who the crew are. Always nice meeting the public at air shows or the fence or speaking to them on the phone after events. Um, it's always nice to write Lancaster in your logbook. <laughs> but what I think is the real joy is when we get to meet the veterans. Yeah, yeah. And for me, a personal highlight, a couple of years back, we flew Johnny Johnson in his bomb aimer's position in that machine down Lady Bower Reservoir oh. uh, in May and it was how low were you? 500 so, feet 500 feet yes yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's the limit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, I see but that's quite <laughs> that's quite here. interesting as well because um, back in the day when the boys used to practice over Lady Bower Reservoir yeah. at night I don't know how they got that around the corner and down to 50 yeah. feet uh, without skimming off the water a couple of times yeah. to line up with the towers because there isn't a lot of room. No. Now, we haven't got the same G limits on this airplane as they had back then. I dare say they didn't really care much about the G limits back then. We, we do to preserve its life. Yeah. But even so, this is a very stable machine. doesn't like turning corners or getting thrown down that well. But how they got it deep into that mm -hmm. reservoir, mm -hmm. lined up straight on speed to practice. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. I really don't. So there we are. That was just a little moment of a wonderful day with the BBMF at RAF Coningsby with uh, Faz Neil Farrell. And you can hear more of that in our full flaps edition, which will drop a week after this episode has gone out. It may be that it's there right now for you, depending on when you're listening to this. So next, we now have the reverse quiz. The reverse quiz. So I have done some, I've done some work. How on, do we need another quiz? Three of you. No, but <laughs> like, this is okay. this, quiz. this affects all of you. So I've done some work, and these are three questions which are all pertinent to you guys, all right? Okay. But, so I've decided that I'm going to open it up to all of you, but if you get your own question right, yeah. you get two points. Okay. And if you get oh. someone else's questions right, you get one point. Oh, okay. I see. Do we buzz? You can buzz, shout, okay. ping, whatever. First answer. There you go. <laughs> just... just mm. <laughs> so the first question is on do, we, the do we know who this is for? This is well you will know from the on, okay. on the video for the song the aeroplane song. Yep. For scouting for girls. For scouting for girls. Uh three lads are sitting in a field somewhere underneath the flight path to I believe Heathrow. It was, yeah. And 
There's an aeroplane flying over the top. What is that? It's an A380. No. Is it not? <laughs> I think it's an A380. What's the first aeroplane to go over the The first one. Mm. There was an A380 there was that got. Ah! Oh. Yeah. There's a 777. What, 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 what airline? British Airways. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> so, there was an A380 there that was. does go over. I'm your uh, biggest fan, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Jez only gets one point gets for one getting one Roy's question. Maybe we should work the other way around. Do you think we've got to do that? Yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah, greater value. It's hard as Chris stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. In fighter pilot and RAF parlance, what does the term turnabout mean? Really? Anybody? Is it? Does it take place in the air or the ground? Is it more obvious than it might seem? Run away. It doesn't mean run away, no. Oh, goodness me. I don't even know where to begin on this. Uh, do, a one, do a 180? Yeah, of course, there. You're close. Oh, You're very close. Oh, oh. Not, it dragged on for slightly too long. And maybe <laughs> you've had a better host. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so in formation, there's two aircraft in battle formation, so you're about yeah. two miles apart. Yeah. I'm using hands now, and no one can see this. Yeah. Um, but if you want to do a, a, a turn through 180 degrees, yes. but you swap sides, then you cross each other and then go back the other way, and that's oh, called a turnabout. So it? the leader will say, turnabout, turnabout, go. That's what I used go. to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other way, if you stay on the same side and both... Go, it's a rotate. So, whoa. That yeah. is what it's a formation called to go up through 180 degrees. I think you can get a point for that. Oh, Surely. thanks. Yeah. That's generous. That's generous. And yes. finally, oh, here we I, go. I'm feeling there's no pressure because I've already got somebody else's question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're already the, in the lead. Uh, uh, yeah. just what is the uh, initials and number for the native designated aircraft, the Fencer? Oh. How is this relevant to him? Oh, Fencer. <laughs> so, so, and I just what? want to explain that Rob was the host of 90s game show Turnabout. Yeah, and Scandal Girls have a song called The Airplane Song. Yeah. And, and, and I'm a fencer. Oh, I see. And also your brother. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, um, so what aircraft is... A, what is the designation? So, for example, if it... It's, it's not really it's, it's, it's a MiG twenty nine. Yeah. It's not a MiG twenty nine. No. It's a something something something. So it's two letters and a number. T U. No. R H. No. I've no idea, Jim. No. The SU twenty four. Oh, it's a fighter. And it's called the Fencer. Which I thought was good. That's good, James. That's good. That was my little. That would have worked nicely for our Christmas special. Yeah, if we do one. So that's the quiz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye, everybody. Oh, hang on. Go and play, Roy. Go and play. Just just moment. Do you want to see how a proper quiz is done? Okay, here we no. go. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. I can hear a band warming up. <laughs> landing gear, BBMF, Bomber Command, yep. and Lancaster buzzer, buzzer, buzzer. quiz. Okay, who's got a buzzer ready to demonstrate? Okay, James. Well, Nine is a Lancaster flying past while a Spitfire fires up in the background. That's the same as you. You could tell us it was. And there's the spitfire. So it's very BBMF y. 
There we go. That's my we, we'll have just heard an hour's worth of that underneath <laughs> Jez's quick facts, won't we? Yeah, that's how I'm using it as my... Uh... Okay. I don't know what this is because it just says new recording 11. Airline. Well, humanitarian flight. Okay. So that can... That's a Dakota. It's yeah. a BBMF. Yeah. 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 I'll take yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. I mean, it's a shame no one actually had a bomb or something that I could actually hear. You know, yeah. impactful. Yeah. You know. Isn't it? It was, yes. It's a real shame. Let's okay, everyone ready. Yeah. Here we go. Good luck. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah, it. This, yeah. is, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Our listeners don't, no, so why good. shouldn't we? <laughs> Question number one. What is the motto of the BBMF? Yes, James. Never forget. Afraid not. Anyone else want to have a go? Motto of the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight? Yes, Yes. I was going to say to infinity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking per ad, uh, Astro ad, no. yeah, you know, that one, aren't you? That's the yeah, RAF, yeah. 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 No, Roy, you want to have a go? No. Well, James, you were close. It's lest we forget. Oh. Lest we forget. Yeah. Does he deserve anything for that? You'd probably give him half no. a point. Yeah. Half. Because he said the word forget. Yeah. <laughs> but he forgot the rest. Well, <laughs> well that okay. was the irony of my answer. <laughs> Question number two. What is the main Operating difference between the BBMF Lank PA474 City of Lincoln and other Lancasters. Yes, Jez. I've already got this wrong because I was going to say this one carries passengers, but that's in its current role. Role carries passengers. It carries passengers as you can fly in a Canadian Lancaster. Not. Oh, I see. But but you can't fly in PA474. No. Yes, James. I know it has a different gun turret. So yes. it's got a Manchester gun turret or a Lincoln I think it gun. is a Lancaster gun turret, but yeah, there's different from the Just Jane gun turret, yeah. isn't it? There's right. something there, but no, it's not that. And the tail's different. <laughs> and it's not that. <laughs> no, good try. It's more, no. I think, more operational, operating difference. To Any every thoughts? other Lancaster. Yeah, I think pretty much. Had a co-pilot. That is the correct answer. Uh, yeah, it's yes, got dual course, controls. Yes. 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 Yeah, 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 which is, I think, a regular yeah. first answer. Yeah. yeah, shame about your first How answer, Jess. Yeah. How many do we get? No, he get, doesn't get that. No. I'm afraid you don't score a point for that. So I'll just check it. Even though say. the first answer is so woefully wrong that it didn't, almost didn't count as Well, yeah, answer. you get minus one for that one then. Yeah. <laughs> so at the moment, after two questions, Jez has not, Roy has not, James has a half. <laughs> Question number three. The oldest Spitfire on the flight is P7350, a Mark IIA the 14th of nearly 12,000 Spitfires to be built at Castle Bromwich, and which was first flown in August 1940. For the 2017 display season, it wore two sets of code letters honouring the surviving members of the few. On the starboard side were QVE, representing the aircraft flown by Sergeant Ken Wilkinson. The letters on the port side were QJG, those of a 92-squadron aircraft flown by Geoffrey Wellham. Now, what was his famous quote which relates directly to what the BBMF exists for? It's, it's a really good line. And it comes up a lot. Yes, James? It's something like, for our today's, their today's, we gave our yesterday's or something like that. Beautiful but wrong. Thank you. That comes in something else, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Jez, any ideas? Oh, well, I've read his book so many times. Yeah. And, of course, I can't remember, so no. It's something that you often see quoted in any sort of Battle of Britain sort of memorial event. Roy? It's a lovely line. This is it. He said, if you remember one of us, then you must remember all of us. I rather like that. Hmm. 
Carrying on, Jez talked about the number of bombs dropped by Bomber Command, but during World War II, Germany dropped 74,000 tonnes of bombs on the UK. How many tonnes of bombs did the Allies in total drop on enemy times? Closest wins. Yes, James. So someone gets a point, yeah. 234,000 tonnes. OK, 234,000 from James... Anyone else want to buzz in? Half a million tons. Half a million from Jez. And I'll go 750. Like 750. Ten times as much. 750 million tons. 750 yeah. million tons. Yeah. Thousand tons. 70, yeah. 750,000 tons. No, no. That were, we, Britain <laughs> dropped 75,000 tons. Yes, they did. So I'm going 750,000. 750,000 yeah. tons. I think it was like 10 times. Okay. Yeah, it was actually 2.69 million. Jesus. Ooh, wow. That's more one one and a half million tons on yes. Germany, but two point six nine million on all targets. So the that winner of that, that is going to be that that's Roy, isn't it? Yeah. Roy. Roy, well done, Roy. You Miles get a point. out, but mm. Miles right, but it's, but it's a point. Yeah, well done. Point's point. Um, Spitfire AB nine one zero is a Mark V. It was delivered to Treble Two Squadron at North Weald on the twenty second of August nineteen forty one. So it's had quite a history, but what event in particular is it famous for? And we've had this before on Top Landing Gear, which has cemented its place in RAF and Spitfire folklore. Yes, James. Did it fly under that bridge thing? Oh, for the film? no, it's not the one that flew under the bridge. Oh, that was no. famously MH434, I think. Which Did it um, tip over a V1 or something? No. Nope. Oh, I know the story yeah, you mean. Yeah, no. no. So 1945. Yeah. So. It's great it's that this bar, Spitfire is still flying, Boat I think, because it is a, it's a really famous Landed little a story. Oh, with a lady on the tail. It that did, indeed. Oh, oh, yeah. It took yes, off with yes, a wet. Yes, 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 <laughs> Margaret Horton still yes, yes. clinging yes, yes. to the tail. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got told that story. Yeah, 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 yeah I told yeah, you. Yeah. Flight Lieutenant Neil Cox, DFC and Bar, yes. uh, was the pilot. Isn't that lovely? I oh, love yeah. that little story. Okay, uh, so we've had four questions. Uh, Roy has one, James has a half, Jez yet to score. That's unbelievable. Um, I'm in the lead. <laughs> the BBMF's two remaining Mark 19 spits, you mentioned the Mark 19s, Jez, were among the three original aircraft when the historic aircraft flight, the BBMF's forerunner, was founded in July 1957. One of them, PS915, was recently painted to represent PS888 of 81 PR Squadron, a hugely significant aircraft in the history of the Spitfire. Why? Did, did, oh, yeah. Yes, James? Saying, did it take the pictures of the dams after they've been busted? Cracking answer, because that would have been a PR Spitfire from RF Benson, probably, probably, but no. Is it something to do with reconnaissance? Um, I think he buzzed next. Oh, sorry. I'm so well, sorry. I did but, buzz, but uh, it would... Sorry, it, yeah, um, uh, yes. Yeah. Is it, did it hold, hold the um, altitude record? It did not. Nice answer. <laughs> Right. Was it something to do with reconnaissance? Yeah, it was. Uh, I bet it took yeah. a picture somewhere in Malaysia. The, I didn't give you a date. Yeah. As you know. No. James, you've buzzed, haven't you? Yeah. I have buzzed. What a shame. <laughs> the was answer it is this. Malaya? <laughs> it flew the last ever operational sortie oh, of an RAF yeah. Spitfire, which, of course, was 1st of April 1954 during the Malayan emergency. Oh. When will you ever learn? <laughs> Well done. So, um, scoring isn't high, I would say. Um, I think uh, probably one final question. Who said, and I quote, touring is our very favourite aspect of all of this, and to go out longer and harder than ever is a dream come true? Yeah, that would be yes, me. Yes, Roy. That would be me. That's Roy Stride <laughs> on the G Live website. <laughs> 
currently and on gig, gig number Longer 27 of 44. <laughs> well done, well done. And with that, Roy, you have oh, won yes. this well, week's top landing gig. It's a fitting, it's a fitting. Well, 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 well done, yeah. mate. That is fantastic. Good man. Well, well, well. So, listen, Roy, we've, it's now, what, it's half past seven. We've done well. Uh, so, what can we expect from Sound of the Girls? Some new, some new tracks to... Yeah, a few uh, new tracks from a new album. Will you be playing cover? the um, Top Running Gear theme tune? <laughs> we're not playing... <laughs> no! Oh, please do! We're not, we're not playing Grown Up tonight, oh, no. have got no cello. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, couldn't you do it as an encore? Uh, no. <laughs> because Brilliant. at the moment because Greg's not here and we've got a standing bass player yeah, he's got a proper bass player yeah. <laughs> very exciting I've met him he's from One Direction it's so yeah. exciting yeah. Yeah. alright Rob come on sorry, sorry. So it's just, we <laughs> Rob actually said from... to me he goes because yeah, I was explaining about how we got this bass player in the last moment he mm. learnt the entire set he found out about one o'clock <clears> in the afternoon and he did he's stay up that. quite late yeah. and the next day he played the entire hour and a half set and Rob goes thank god your songs are that <laughs> well <laughs> so that's going to be edited out then so <laughs> might have a bleep in it <laughs> and good luck uh, with the gig before, yeah good luck with the gig yeah, us and the enormous guest list are looking forward yeah. to it <laughs> yes. I wonder if anyone's paid for tickets tonight <laughs> not a Guildford usually it's a, it's a big loss leader <laughs> oh lovely well we can't wait so um, in terms of the podcast that's it for our Lincolnshire podcast for now if you haven't heard them already do listen to our series of interviews from the Bournemouth Air Festival that Roy was talking about earlier where we managed to force just about everyone who had anything to do with flying to speak to us a few managed to escape our clutches but we know who you are and where you live or at least where you operate from so beware I do have one thing to say the, um, there was an incident obviously when an aircraft went into the sea yeah. during that it was just so wonderful we couldn't say anything at the time mm. but it was so wonderful to see everybody walked away and they're yeah. all functioning yeah. and happy now and it was a really good good vibe just to know that they were all, all okay it really was that. and supremely dealt with by Dave Barrell the pilot yeah. and, his, I mean, and, 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 and the girl on the wing who did exactly the right thing yeah. Kirsten Kirsten yeah. got in yeah. and then she got herself out of the aircraft in the water yeah. as well which is just phenomenal so yeah. big, big shout out to them yeah absolutely right and the spirits in the um, air show hotel that night were very high when they all turned up <laughs> yeah. and uh, everything it had a happy ending mm. which is just great yeah well said Jim that was it was quite something uh, remember, you can listen to all our podcasts from all three series so far. So do get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Top Landing Gear. And do email us your questions for Ask James at info at toplandinggear.com. That's info at toplandinggear.com. Two G's. And however you're listening to us, please recommend us to your friends and family. And do leave a review only if you've enjoyed it, though. In the meantime, thanks for listening and bye for now. This is Top Landing Gear. 